Friday, aka, you know what I'm going to say, it's Friday, people. If you're in Cincinnati, it's beautiful outside. The weekend is here, and we wrap up our positional reviews with, last but not least, special teams. Welcome into another Strictly Stripes off-season podcast edition. Muhammad Ahmad with the whole crew once again to wrap up the week as I got Mike Nizek and Andrew Gillis here with me. We had Ben Baby on on Thursday, and if you missed that, go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, wherever you get all your podcasts, or even Cleveland.com and listen to that. We talked a lot about some interesting off-season discussions. But jumping into it, guys, I think the theme with the Bengals special teams this off-season heading into 2023 is it's a group in transition. Um, we talked about Kevin Huber a lot this year, how he was waived to the practice squad and he wasn't retained at the end of the season. They didn't sign him to a futures deal. So unless he goes to another team, um, he's probably going to retire if I had to guess. Uh, we saw Cal Adamitis take over for Clark Harris, who we'll talk about. And Evan McPherson was Evan McPherson. Uh, he's a discussion of his own. But, I mean, from what it looks like right now, it looks like your special teams unit heading into next year is Evan McPherson, uh, Drew Chrisman, and Cal Adamitis. Kind of starting with Chrisman, since um, he was sort of the interesting name to watch when Huber was uh, benched and then eventually waived. Would you say with certainty that Chrisman is actually going to be the guy in 2022? Or do you think the Bengals, maybe we'll talk about the combine a little bit with this topic. Do you think the Bengals should eye any possible free agents to compete with him? Or do you think, hey, it's just Chrisman, let him ride into the year? Or do you think you should have some competition going into the offseason with him? Yeah, you. I think you absolutely need need competition with, with Chrisman. Um, I think you kind of look at the other two positions. They obviously just re-signed Adamitis for another year. So he's your long snapper. You're not going to bring in a camp body to, to compete for the long snapper job and Evan McPherson's your kicker. So you have two of the three spots. Um, so it's not like you need to have a kicking and a punting battle in the off season and you're using a roster spot on both. Um, it it kind of makes it more palatable there, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that, I think that you have to, um, you know, I know this might be unfair to kind of boil it down to one kick, but you look back to the, the AFC title game and, you know, Chrisman kicked it right down in the middle of the field you kick that to the sideline, maybe that game goes to overtime. And um, obviously that was kind of one play in, in a series of many where the game got away from the Bengals and one of the reasons why they lost. But uh, to me, I just I, – I think you could have wanted more from Chrisman um, when he replaced Huber. I think, uh, you know, I remember when we were when we were talking about Chrisman taking over, it kind of felt like, okay, you know, he's going to do, you know, way better than, than Huber did and – blah, blah, blah. And uh, I mean, he, I think he was a little better, but I, I, I don't, I didn't really see like a noticeable difference to where, you know, Drew, um, uh, you know, to where, to where Drew really cemented himself on the roster moving forward. Well, and yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting is that if uh, Kansas City scores anyway there, if and Joseph Asai doesn't commit that penalty, Chrisman's probably the one to blame on that yes. uh, in, the, in the playoffs, you know, just because he couldn't get that kick um, to the sidelines. I mean, he was inconsistent. I mean, he made some good kicks and some, some stressful moments, but, um, you know, some of the mundane, uh, you know, kicks in between were were not as probably consistent as they should be, and you want to kind of test your guy. I don't think it's something they'll splurge on or even use a draft pick on, but I could see them bringing another guy to the practice squad to kind of compete and, and kind of push him all year long. Um, just to have options because it wasn't like he, um, you know, automatically earned himself, I think, 
you know, starting status. I think he's going to have to to win that job again next fall. I think there was a, another punt that stood out to me, and that was um, late in the game against New England when uh, they gave the Patriots the ball back before that final drive, and he punts it to Marcus Jones, who was that electric punt returner for the Patriots, who if you go back a few weeks before that against the Jets, the Jets punt it the same way Chrisman basically did. Jones takes it to a, you know, touchdown on a return to basically win the game on a walk-off punt. It wasn't like a walk-off, but it was like with a couple seconds left. And Jones, like, loses the ball out of bounds. And Darren Simmons told us, I think, yeah, it was after that game, he told us that he told Chrisman, you got damn lucky on that. And he did. Like, I mean, if there was another kick that could have gone the other way that wasn't the AFC Championship one, it was that one. So you had kind of like Mike said, those mundane punts. And that's where I don't think you should say, oh, don't keep them. I think you keep them, but you do need competition. And as far as names, um, and these are guys that will actually be at the Combine, so we're kind of already previewing that. But, like, two names that stick out to me. I want to start with one of them because I feel bad that I forgot to mention him when we talked about the Senior Bowl, and that was Bryce Berenger, punter from Michigan State, um, a name that a lot of football fans, college football fans probably know about because he led the nation in 2022 in both gross and net punt average. The dude has like I don't know how to describe his legs they're just like cinder blocks just full of muscle man I mean the dude can just punt a ball for days that's why he led the nation uh, in that average I think that he probably would get drafted because a lot of boards actually have him as like a late seventh round pick but if he's not and he's a free agent I think the Bengals should try to make a move for him another name that sticks out is Adam Corsack uh, from Rutgers what sticks out about him is he had zero touchbacks um, and he had the most kicks recorded for a player without any touchbacks in college football last year. So uh, when it comes to efficiency and getting the ball right, um, that's another guy to look at. Those are two names that stick out to me. I'll be a little bit of a homer and say Colin Goodfellow from Kentucky. Um, who I actually covered him a little bit, so that's why I can kind of speak on him. Uh, not near the top of the list, but he's kind of in that top 10, top 15 of punters to look out for Like that might be undrafted. Um, I mean, for you guys, do you kind of have any names in mind, whether it be Corsac, Barringer, that the Bengals should keep their eyes on at the punter position for some competition? Um, th- there was a guy I was looking up, Michael Turk. Um, he's got uh, he's got some some NFL um, some NFL bloodlines. Um, you know, his I'm trying to because uh, there were. Dan was his uncle. I think he was a long snapper in the NFL. Um, like, there's there's some tie-ins there. He was a punter in Oklahoma this year. Um, but again, like punter is one of those positions where, in my opinion, if you're going to use a pick on a punter or kicker, uh, I would never use one on a long snapper with all due respect to long snappers. Um, but if you're going to use a pick on a kicker or a punter, I'm using it in the seventh round. So, um, you know, this is one of those things where it's like, if the Bengals at any point trade up, you certainly should not take one. But um, it's it, this is kind of undrafted free agent territory, I think. Yeah, I think whoever's probably the best available, uh, you know, one or two guys you bring in as a tryout, try to sign somebody's undrafted free agent. If you're really enamored, and it'll just be kind of who's um, who's available. I don't think it's something that you'd spend a draft pick for. Well, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, Andrew, that you said you would never use uh, a pick on a long snapper because who I wanted to get to next, that's kind of a perfect segue, Clark Harris, who was the Bengals' starting long snapper for the last 14 years, he was actually selected in the 2007 draft 
by the Packers. They waived him. He spent two years with Detroit's practice squad, goes to Houston for two years, then spends the last 14 with Cincinnati. So Clark Harris might want to have a word with you on that. But uh, in all seriousness, um, as we've mentioned, you know, he tore his bicep in week one, put him on the IR, pretty much ended his year, which opened the door for Cal Adamitis to take over at long snapper. 149 long snaps. None of them were undeliverable. He even got a game ball against Buffalo. Um, you know, snapping in the snow in a place like Buffalo, that's going to get you a game ball. Um, but Harris is going to be a free agent. If you're the Bengals, do you re-sign him? Do you let him compete with Adam Ice, Or do you say, it's been a good run, Clark. It's been a good run, Kevin. We're just going to stick with Cal, and we wish you the best of luck. Do the Bengals even entertain that idea in free agency, or do they just let him walk? Well, it's un- unclear whether he, you know, he said at the time um, that he 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 did he wanted to keep playing, but I mean, who knows if that's still the case? Obviously, we didn't get to see him. His lock, I think, his locker had been cleared out before we even got in the locker room on locker cleanup day. Um, so for him, it was you know, it's a matter of if if he wants to extend his career or not. Um, it might not be an option because he might might be happy, uh, you know, having had some time off and, you know, feeling kind of rejuvenated and not have to kind of go that route. So uh, don't know where his head's at. I mean, I guess you could, um, but, you know, I would think that they'd bring in somebody younger, um, you know, just to to try out and to try to get, um, you know, if you wanted somebody on the practice squad like that. Yeah, I I mean, like I said, I'm not sure you you want to use a roster spot on on a long snapper, um, you know, because you don't you don't commit to Adamitis. I don't think. I mean, I know it's just a one year deal, but um, you know, you can talk about the the practice squad long snapper, but they brought like they ooh, bad voice crack. They uh they had Adamitis on the practice squad, um, and I think you could kind of tell that the the writing was on the wall that okay, you know, we have an extra long snapper around, but also we keep him around for a year and then maybe Clark Harris moves on. Um, I, I I just don't know if you want to use, uh, you know, a training camp battle on that. Uh, I just, I think it's Adam job to lose and he would have to kind of really do something or a bunch of things pretty wrong to uh, to kind of even invite a competition there. Yeah, I agree with you guys there. And, um, Again, we don't know what Harris is thinking, what the Bengals are thinking, but like Andrew said, it really is his job to lose at this point. I mean, they signed him to a one-year deal, um, rightfully so. But, you know, kind of shifting behind him to Evan McPherson, the return of the Mac, if you want to call it that. I had to bring out the cliche, so laugh all you want. Kind of an interesting first half of the year. I mean, that Pittsburgh game, which we've talked about over and over again, I'm sure he's blocked out, totally removed from his memory. Um and if you guys haven't blocked it out of your memory, he missed a field goal. Or no, he missed a PAT at the end of the game that would have won the game. Missed a field goal in overtime that could have also won it, which was due in part to Harris going down with that bicep injury. But if you look at his numbers, he missed five field goals this year, which is how many he missed last year. But the interesting thing I think that was uh, different for him this year was he was 9 for 13 in field goal range from 40 to 49 yards. But he didn't miss a single 50-plus yard field goal. It was the opposite last year. He missed one 50-plus yard field goal, but didn't miss a single one from 40 to 49 yards. Um, During the bye week, uh, or at least leading into it, people were like, is everything good, Evan? Is everything all right? And he was like, 
it's just football. It's just, uh, you know, you have a few bad games, you have a few bad snaps, whatever. Um, and they came at kind of weird time against the Panthers and the Browns, you know, especially because they, they got blown out in Cleveland. And I think that's where there was a little bit more scrutiny. But I don't know. I mean, is Shooter McPherson still Shooter McPherson? Or, uh, I mean, is really even anything to take away from 2022? Because I think he's just the same Evan McPherson to me. I think maybe his first half misses might have just been a little bit more amplified. Was was that a Happy Gilmore reference that you just tried to sneak in? What Shooter McPherson? Yeah, because I was like, did you just bot? I was gonna, I wasn't gonna let that slide. It's Shooter McGavin. I don't know if you were, if that was a punt, like if you were doing that on purpose, or if you genuinely thought it was Shooter McPherson. I genuinely thought it was Shooter McPherson. You never heard Jim oh, Nance say tough. that before? Oh, that's tough. No, I, um, I got that from Jim not. Nance, to be honest. Uh, um, I, I mean, with with McPherson, the. Yeah, you know, I, I think he he kind of is what he is. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty reliable kicker. Um, he's you know he was really good. I think he was five of five from fifty plus this year. Um, you know, he I think he against the Steelers in week one he had like the fifty nine yarder or whatever that was. Yeah. Um. So he can he can hit <laughs> he can hit some big kicks. Um. He can do some he's in, he can do some stuff like that. I think. Maybe there was some unfair expectations placed on him this year because if you go back to last offseason, like there were a lot of people that were kind of having this conversation like, is Evan McPherson the new Justin Tucker? Like, is he the ne- – no. Like, Justin Tucker's a Hall of Fame kicker, and I've, I kind of felt like people were, were kind of just assuming that because Evan McPherson made some big playoff kicks that he was going to be this next great – you know, 90 plus percent level kicker. And I just, I just kind of thought that was unfair. He's a, he's a good kicker and um, you can, you can keep him for a long time, but I just, he's good. I, I don't think great is, is where he is right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of hard to be displeased with what he's done. I, uh, you know, he's, he's a solid guy and that's what you want a kicker. Well, I think the extra points, too, he missed a couple of those, um, strangely. Um, you know, I think there was some inconsistency, just, you know, I, I, they couldn't really track why, you know, sometimes. And I think that was just sort of was more curious than anything else because they didn't seem concerned. They were like, he'll be fine. Um, but, you know, obviously you don't want to kind of see that. Um, a lot. I mean, that you know, you don't want to, you don't want to have to be in a situation where you worry that he's going to miss something like that. Um, but it seems like they were. If it's fifty plus, you don't, which is strange. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's just kind of he's got that leg, and maybe he just feels comfortable because that he's got that strength. But um, you know, he's their long term answer there, so I don't think it's like you know, it's something they're worried about at all. But um, it was, it was, it was, you know, obviously. Not as perfect of a year as I think, even though it was the same amount of misses. Uh, but I just think, um, you know, the expectations were a little higher. But still, um, yeah, he's your he's your guy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, he said himself, like when people were crowding him more than they'd ever crowded him all year, which was like I said before the bye week, and he was like, "It's just football. I'm gonna go and hit the golf links and." You know, forget about it. Like, and I mean, he pretty much did. He was just about lights out in the second half of the season in the playoffs. So, I mean, he wasn't wrong, but he'll be fine. I mean, he he's not quite Justin Tucker, but I think part of why those comparisons came is because, I mean, everything he did his rookie year, Evan McPherson, is almost like what Justin Tucker did his rookie year because his rookie year was when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. 
in 2012 because uh, Andrew, isn't he the only player left on that team from that Super Bowl championship? I think he's the only one left, right, from the 2012 team? That's a good question. Um, I, I would think he right. is at this point. It's been, it's been a decade now, so it sounds right. Um, Sam Cook retired, so I would have to just leave yeah, him at that point. I, I mean, that I, I would assume. Yeah, so I think that's where those comparisons came from. But, I mean, it's people like to have fun. We can all be wishful. We can all be idealistic. But speaking of wishful thinking, when we come back, we're going to talk about some names to kind of hone in on if you're the Bengals going into next week's combine. A little mini preview before we get into our full rundown later next week. But stay with us as we get into that right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. You might be wondering, what exactly is Cincinnati Football Insider? Well, it's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the Strictly Stripes podcast and the reporters who cover the team. And that would be me, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislick. It works like this. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. It's the inside scoop on what we're hearing, and we'll give you the inside word before it even hits social media. Being an insider is the best way to participate with the podcast and get in on special events and Zoom calls with me, Mike, and Andrew. And the best part is you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and avoid the trolls for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Well, just try it for two weeks, and if you don't like it, you can text the word STOP at any time, but you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. Here's the best way to get on board. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, or if it's easier, text 513-940-4193. It's a great time to try the two weeks free, as we'll be reporting live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Plus, we'll be covering free agency on the way to the NFL Draft in April. Give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text this number again. It's 513-940-4193 and become an insider today. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So, guys, we pretty much wrapped up our positional reviews for the 2022 season. Now we continue looking forward just days away, which is hard to believe. The NFL Combine in Indy. All three of us are going to be there. And we're going to bring you, the listeners, and all of our readers, everything you need to know about the Combine in the coming days. But while we're here, you know, I mentioned some names like... Adam Korsak, Bryce Berenger at the punter position. Um, but, of course, that's the farthest thing from the Bengals' area of need. You know, we kind of did our mock drafts uh, this week. I just did mine today for those who want to check it out. I had an interesting third-round prediction for mine, which I'll get into. But who were two, three names that just immediately pop out into your mind that, you know, you guys want to talk to that, you know, the Bengals should really hone in on? And we've probably talked about some of those names on this podcast, but – just in the here and now, out of all the names we've mentioned, like who are two or three that really stick out to you right now? Yeah, um, I, I think the two names at tight end that really kind of stick out, um, uh, Darnell Washington out of Georgia and then Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Um, I, I kind of made uh, made the case for Mayer um, in, our, in a morning briefing uh, that I do uh, a couple days ago. I, I think – Mayer to me is just, he's one of those guys where you know what you're going to get out of him for a while. I mean, he was really productive at Notre Dame. He was, uh, I mean, all he did was, was, was catch passes from a less than ideal quarterback position. Um, but the reason I'm interested in those two guys is because I think, and, and I wonder how much, 
I, th- I think there's going to be a gap, but I wonder how much the gap is in terms of kind of their testing. Um, you know, how much faster does Darnell Washington run than Michael Mayer? Um, you know, what what are their measurements like? Because again, Washington's six foot seven. He's like, he apparently he can run a forty yard dash that's in the four sixes. Like that's if you crazy. do that, it's like that. I think is really gonna kind of make um, make a lot of people turn their heads towards kind of what Washington can do. So um, I, I'm curious to see what that gap is. I, I think that people kind of might get smitten with with what he can do. So um, those two guys, because, I mean, obviously tight end is his position. They could take a 28. Um, and then, I mean, this is kind of just uh, – he's a personal draft favorite of mine, Devin A. Chain, but um, the apparently he's going to run a blazing 40. I mean, it feels like everybody's going to run a blazing 40 or that's what they tell you they're going to run. Um, but he, he's a like legitimate sprinter. He, he's probably going to run like a four, three. Um, so I'm curious to see what he runs because, uh, I think the hype train for him is really going to kind of leave the station when, uh, when his 40 yard dash time comes in. Yeah. In terms of the Bengals interest, I think you're talking, you know, trying to talk to the top tight ends, uh, you know, mayor Musgrove, uh, you know, cause mayor might not even be available to be honest for, for where the Bengals are picking, um, you know, we're before the combine. And so I think after the combine, we'll kind of have a, a better idea if some of these guys uh, do ridiculous things in some of these um, uh, drills, they might, you know, uh, sort of athletic themselves out of the uh, Bengals pick range. Uh, I think the running backs too. Robinson's a guy that you're kind of interested in. Will he last? Um, and maybe some of those next tier guys, because uh, you figure that the Bengals got to use maybe one of their top three picks on running back. Those would kind of be the groupings that I think more position groupings than specific guys um, in terms of, you know, who to talk to. Yeah. You know, honestly, Andrew, I was thinking about Washington and I think I saw somewhere too that like he can apparently run a four six forty, And if he could do that, that might really, really bump up his stock. Um, and when I was actually doing my mock draft, I wanted to uh, – make him I use like the PFF simulator that you guys use I wanted to make him my third round pick um for those who want to read it but instead and this is actually one name that I've really been starting to get into um and this is actually at the linebacker position and that's Ivan Pace um I don't know if we've mentioned him I don't know if uh, Andrew did you mention Ivan Pace or am I thinking of somebody else yeah, I, I had him. I, I forget if it was in. Um, I don't think it was in my mock draft, but I think I included him in kind of linebackers to to kind of monitor. That's right um, for the for the draft. I think what's interesting with him is you know as far as like size goes, he's a little shorter than your average linebacker. He's just about five eleven on a good day. You know, most of your linebackers are in the six to six three range. But I mean, you look at his numbers; like he led the Bearcats in sacks, led them in tackles tackles for loss um so i'd like to see like what kind of vertical does he have like what kind of you know athleticism does he have to make up for that lack of size like how explosive can he be you know to where you know him being 510 511 is kind of irrelevant at that point i definitely want to see that because he'll be at the combine and then before that um i think cornerback is a sneaky area of need for the Bengals, depending on what happens with you know eli apple and trey flowers and free agency but i think if there's one guy you want to look at and this is kind of like repeating history i mean 
Keely Ringo from Georgia, we've talked about him. I'm really sold on this guy, actually. I know he's not like someone like Devin Witherspoon that, you know, Andrew would want to trade up for to get because we were joking about that earlier on the podcast this week. But, I mean, you're what? He's 6'2", 205. I mean, in some ways, he's kind of built like a – a linebacker slash strong safety. But like, if you're at cornerback, that's exactly what you want. Um, just the elite explosiveness he has and run coverage. Like he was one of the best run coverage corners in the country, just based on his PFF grades. Um, I mean, he really showed it too. when you know, he picked off Bryce young in the uh, national championship two years ago. I mean, that pick six is always going to be iconic to me. So I think that's a guy that, you know, the Bengals might want to keep their eye on if he's available in the second round. And, you know, you're thinking you want to add more depth at that position, but yeah, I mean, like you both said, the offensive tackle is going to be the big one. Kind of like Mike, I had Anton Harrison as a, a guy that the Bengals should eye in the first round. You know, he'd be kind of a long-term project because he's a junior, you know, who declared a year early. He's 21 years old, so you can get some long-term stuff out of him. Um, very mobile. He, ha- he has a really good awareness, kind of like just the scouting reports I've read. He's very aware from, like, different angles, even the ones that, you know, you might miss as a tackle just because, you know, that's there's just so much going on. But um, maybe his grip isn't the best, and I'd kind of like to see it. I don't know if they kind of test stuff like that in the combine, but, you know, he's got a lot of strength and size. I just like to see how he kind of puts that together. So that's another name to watch, but I'm excited. I was going to say, um, I've been to the combine as a fan, but I've never covered it. Like, have you guys ever been to the combine at all? There's this like your all's first actual time at a combine, just generally speaking. Yeah. This is the first time I'm in a combine. Yeah. I've covered the senior bowl a couple of times and uh, shrine bowl once, but not the, not the combine. I will say from a perspective of someone who's been there just as like, you know, a fan that's, you know, that was entertained. I mean, it's it is cool because like they do it in the convention center like they do a lot of the workouts in the convention center like the bench press and stuff like that most of it they do at Lucas Oil Stadium but there's some they did at the convention center like you know the bench press I mentioned but it is like there there's just so much going on it's kind of like I don't want to say the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is you know the greatest game in the world but like you would think the Super Bowl is in town with just how you have so many people from all 32 teams there. Um, it's overwhelming, kind of in an, in an exciting way, though, which is what Mary Kay Cabot told me the other day, you know, our Browns beat reporter. Like, she's been there her fair share, so she knows a thing or two about it. But I'm excited, guys. It's, it's going to be a blast. We're going to be in Indy. We're going to have our podcast in Indy as we give you uh, everything that we've got from the Combine, everything you need to know. And like we said, Monday we're going to preview the areas of need the Bengals should focus on and why they should focus on them in particular. But once again, for myself, Mike Nizek, and Andrew Gillis, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next week and we'll see you in the